You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Welcome to episode 766. I never actually say it on here, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to look it up real quick because it's just sitting here. 766 is where we're at. I'm not really sure how today's going to go. Yesterday, I was pretty sure how it was going to go. And I was going to put out a warning beforehand that if you're not really a fan of me in my rantiest, angriest mode, which I doubt that's the case for many of you, because why else would you listen to this show? But I was, over the last couple days, you may have noticed I've been a little bit irritable. Kind of go from zero to 60 pretty quick. I don't know why. I just, you know, sometimes you just get that. Well, usually it's in winter, you know, you get the short fuse. It's actually getting nice outside and I'm just getting irritable. I don't It's kind of a weird, I don't know. But it's Saturday, I slept in, I'm feeling rested, and when I think about the thing that annoyed me yesterday to a very, very high degree, I'm not as upset, so we might not need the warning, we'll just plan on discussing it rationally and calmly, and we'll see how it goes. And I'm actually a little bit annoyed, because I've essentially done this podcast once before, and I kind of went off, and it was about, it was right about a year ago. And, and here, here's the bottom line, I feel like I've been fair. I feel like I tend to be right down the middle, right? I've told you guys a thousand times. I am the guy that when I see somebody going too far in one direction, I just pull you back. And for some people, I, I actually have seen some people say like, dude, you got to pick a lane. You're, you're all over the place. One minute you're here, one minute you're there. I understand. And it comes across that way. 
all I'm trying to do is rein people in because some people go too far in this direction. For example, I did a podcast um, two days ago called Stop Pretending This Isn't News, and the day before that, Rogers will be evaluated in 2020. If you follow me on Twitter, you've seen that I have done nothing but defend Aaron Rodgers pretty violently. It's just a word I picked. I haven't done anything violent. It's just just words. And it might seem incoherent, but again, it's it's two ends of a spectrum. On one end, you have people who are people that will defend Aaron Rodgers to the death, and anytime you say anything or even posit a theory, you'll have Packer fans kind of get into this, oh, stop it, we're tired of this, we've heard this before. And, 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 and again, it's kind of a pick-your-battle situation. Sometimes that's the right response, and sometimes it's like, well, can we, we should at least discuss it, right? I mean, we, we just drafted Jordan Love. We should at least discuss why and what is the possibility here. What is the range of outcomes? For example, on one end of the realistic possibility spectrum, this is just the Packers doing due diligence, right? It's just this is the way the board falls, and when you have a quarterback you really like, you take him. That's just the rules. And so that's all it is, in which case we should all be very disappointed because the Packers themselves have no expectations with this quarterback, which is kind of why I put that low on the, on the um, probability scale. As in, I don't know, it just feels like something you're supposed to do. Yeah, maybe, but yeah, probably at least a little bit more um, expectation of him taking the realm at some point. As you move along that line, you've got maybe the two-year theory. In two years... Um, Rodgers has an out, not, I mean, call it an out. It really just means his cap hit is, is much lower than his, his total, or his dead money is much lower than his total cap hit, meaning you would save a lot of money by moving on from Aaron Rodgers. Plus two years is a decent amount of time to evaluate Jordan Love. And so I think the most fair evaluation would be that they're going to let him sit for two years and then reevaluate their option. Because things, that, and, and really, realistically, that there's no reason to go too much further than that, other than just to discuss it so that we're prepared for it, which is really all I tried to do. But with things changing so much, it makes sense to just put pieces in place so that as things constantly move and shift, you've got a lot of options. And in two years, a lot of things are going to change. A lot of things are going to shift. We don't know what's going to happen with this offense, with this defense, with these coaches, with these players, and with Aaron Rodgers. And um, there's no reason to believe that the Packers think anything other than Aaron Rodgers is the man, and as long as he continues to be the man, we've got no problem. However, you never know. And then there is the further along down the line theories in which the Packers maybe really do want to go in a different direction. Maybe this was a one-year evaluation for Aaron Rodgers, and they thought, you know, it didn't go very well. It didn't go how I wanted it to. As we, as I played for you um, from people that are kind of, I don't want to say in the know, but are intelligent people that have been in the NFL for a long time who evaluate tape, Cosell, in this instance, Aaron Rodgers didn't exactly play within the framework of the LaFleur system. Not to say that he's gone automatically, but it it was at least an indication to LaFleur and Gutekunst that maybe this isn't working out perfectly with Aaron Rodgers. And they're going to give him more time, but the point is, if you don't take Jordan Love and he never really comes around to it, you don't really have any options to move on somewhere else. And in this case, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't start playing within the framework, again, nothing to do with being a bad quarterback. He's a great quarterback, but he needs to be a great quarterback that plays within the framework of a system. And if he doesn't become that, they may begin to start pushing harder for Jordan Love. That's the other end of the spectrum. And all those things are are at least worthy of talking about. 
And I understand certain people get sensitive, especially when media members start saying this stuff, because we know they're very clickbaity, and some of them are very anti-Rodgers, and they love poking that bear. And even if they don't hate Rodgers, they're, they're kind of kind of agnostic in terms of being a fan or, or hating people, although some of them pretend that they are. I think the whole, who are those guys? Skip Bayless. That, that's all an act, man. That, that, that whole thing is just an act. It's a shtick. Again, I don't think a lot of these guys actually care. It's just a matter of this is a moneymaker right now. It's a huge moneymaker to come in and poke this bear because it's for a lot of reasons. For for one thing, it's great drama. And I've 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 been saying for a long time the NFL has become soap opera for, uh, a soap opera for dudes. It's become so dramatic. You've got guys, I mean, look at with AB and Le'Veon and all this crazy stuff and guys refusing to play and sitting out the season and just it's it's getting wild, man. It didn't used to always be like this. But it's getting crazy, and the personalities are getting bigger, and the, the, I mean, the, the rules and the laws and all these different things that, that are coming into the game. It's not just a game anymore. All this stuff is drama, and there's no bigger drama, especially in the offseason, than Aaron Rodgers and his emotions. And so the second Jordan Love got picked up, it was, just, it was just perfect, and everybody wanted to jump in on it. And it's fair to be skeptical of them, but again, it's, it's kind of just a pick-your-battles thing. And here is sort of the standard that I came up with. I shouldn't say came up with. This is just the standard that I operate within. And I'll, I'll tone down my tweet because, again, yesterday I was in a very upset kind of mood. And this was actually kind of... Some people, I think, thought I was getting political. I was not. This is directly related to what people are saying about Aaron Rodgers. And I'll, I'll kind of d- dip my toe in a minute, but I, I don't know. I, I kind of don't want to go down that road. I know a lot of people are hoping I'm going to explode, but I'm going to try not to. The bottom line is... Regardless of who the person is, and I say that from from both angles, right? Because some people will see the blue check mark, some people will see respected journalist, and I'm using air. Qu- I'm already getting upset. I'm using air quotes, and they feel a sense of authority when they speak. We should listen. And granted, I've done that to an extent. But I, for for example, Greg Cosell, and we'll we'll touch on again picking your battles. But but again, the point is, regardless of who the person is, if you say something that I think makes sense, I'll listen. And I don't want to automatically assume because you are in the industry for a long time or whatever that you are right. But I also don't want to assume because you're one of the media members that you're automatically wrong. And some people are going to that extent. For example, Brady Papinga. Loving me some Brady Papinga lately. But I feel like he's just a hammer in search of a nail. And I feel like he kind of exploded, similar to the way I explode and similar to the way sometimes you guys explode. But he just kind of hit the wrong target because I don't think Rob Domofsky did anything wrong. I listened to what he said. I didn't hear anything wrong. And if you listen to Brady Papinga on Wildey and Tausch, which was sent to me, Brady Papinga was 100% correct in what he said insofar as media members are trying to speak for Aaron Rodgers, they're trying to drum up drama, they're trying to twist things, and they're the most sensitive people in the world when you come at them. He's 100% right, but he went after the wrong guy. Rob Domofsky, in my opinion, said nothing wrong. I listened to it. He's just saying things. I don't think he was trying to put anything in Aaron Rodgers' mouth. He's simply positing, kind of like what I'm doing, just saying, look, here's kind of some things, and I think we should be listening to it. Now, maybe Rob has done some bad stuff in the past. I don't know. I don't usually listen to these guys. I don't read their articles very often, and even when these articles come up, I don't store it in my brain as, oh, this guy's a hack or whatever, but sometimes when people speak, everybody comes out with their list of, you did this, and remember back in 84 when you wrote that article about, you're such a hack? It's like, dude, you guys have got a, you got a hit list going here, man. Props to you for, uh, you know, remembering. I don't know who's a good journalist, and I have no idea, 
Because again, I, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care about your history. If you say something that is intelligent, I'm going to listen. If you lay out an argument, I'm going to listen to it if it makes sense. If you say something dumb and then puff out your chest because, well, I'm a respected journalist, I don't care. You're nothing to me. That's even more embarrassing if you're some kind of authority on this matter and you're saying dumb stuff like that. That, that should be embarrassing to you. I don't know why I sounded Italian right there, but I apparently Tony Soprano's kind of coming out here. I don't know what that was. But again, here's the formula. You say dumb things, I'm going to make fun of you. If you say thoughtful things, I'll listen. I don't care who you are. And I'm really, really, really getting tired. And and it's the, the thing that really started upsetting me is Adam Silva. And if you remember last year, some of you haven't been listening that long, I went on a bit of a tirade and I left out some names, although you guys kind of called me out with who I was talking about, but whatever. I'll say it this time, Adam Silva is annoying me. But if you remember last time, it wasn't just that there was an article written about Aaron Rodgers. If you remember last year, Tyler Dunn, who left Green Bay, and this this is essentially what I said happened. Tyler Dunn left Green Bay as a Green Bay beat report. I don't know what he did here. I don't care. Again, I don't I don't track these guys. I don't I I, I don't care. They're just people. And there's a lot of them. They're flying around like gnats. I don't know who they are, what they are, what they do. I know they love puffing out their chest like they're something special and they're authorities. I don't care. You shouldn't care. They went to school to learn how to write. They got a job from a place, and that place gives them access to a locker room where they get to stick microphones in people's faces. It doesn't make them better than you. It doesn't make them better than me. They're just people. Anyways, Tyler Dunn worked somewhere in Green Bay. He moved out somewhere else to go do something else for Bleacher Report, and he decided he's going to call in all of his contact. He calls up everybody, writes a hit piece. Some of it was worth listening to. It was one of those things where it was like, you know, there's maybe a couple things worth discussing or wondering about. But for the most part, this is garbage. And I said in that article, not necessarily about that article, but when I went on my tirade, this isn't journalism. This is a gossip column. And the thing that was most annoying, not only was this article driving me crazy, and it was giving um, Bears fans and people reason to mock the Green Bay Packers and mock Packer fans and mock Aaron Rodgers, which just kind of gets you upset. Because if you are a diehard Packer fan, which most people listening to this, a lot of people on Twitter who have Packers anything as their main Every, I mean, everything revolves around the Packers. You, you tend to feel a sense of family, and there's a little bit of, like, people are attacking your family. Maybe not to the same exact degree as your family, but it kind of gets to the point where it's like, all right, you know what? I've kind of had enough of this. But the thing that kind of set me over the edge was the white knighting from other quote-unquote journalists who came to the defense of Tyler Dunn with the essential message of how dare you question Tyler Dunn's integrity. Simply because Tyler Dunn is Tyler Dunn. Simply because he's been writing words on paper for a long time. Simply because he he works for an organization that gives him access to the Packers. That makes him some kind of an authority, and you plebes have no right to question him. And started condescending Packers journalists, slash bloggers, slash wannabe journalists, slash podcasters, started attacking Packer fans, saying, you don't understand journalism. Journalism is a joke, dude. Journalism is stupid. It's nothing. You guys walk around thinking it means something. It means nothing. You want it to because it gives you a sense of of purpose. You belong to something exclusive and powerful. Dude, journalism hasn't meant a single thing since blogs started. 
Journalism is dumb. It's you writing your thoughts and opinions. And by the way, it gets dumber. Journalism maybe used to be kind of cool, but you... <laughs> the, the thing is, since bloggers and just random people are able to give their own opinions, since you can go on Facebook and, and see articles and opinions, you can, you can talk about news. I mean, your news comes from Twitter. It doesn't come from, from newspapers. So they're not giving you the news. They're not even able to give you better insights than, than you know, Aunt Fanny on Facebook. Our Facebook group, by, by the time something happens, there's 500,000 opinions about it. On Reddit, on Facebook, on Twitter. What is the purpose of, of these, these people other than to research things? Which, by the way, people research things on Facebook. I research stuff and talking about, about it on the podcast. If you can't provide some kind of actual insight, which most of these guys can't because they're not critical thinkers. They didn't become writers because they're, they're logicians, right? That's sort of the mathematical side of the brain as opposed to the other side of the brain, which is the artistic side, which is what most of these writers are. And I'm not, you know, the point is, usually when you read these articles, and, and, and granted, you, you look at places like The Athletic and some other places, they do tend to have a little bit more insight. These are long form with a lot of research, and there are people out there that do it. But the point is, a lot of the people who are the biggest grinders and the, the hardest workers are guys that have... Like Mark Jarvis, he has a, an Excel spreadsheet. The guy works harder than anybody I know. He works way harder than anybody that works at the Journal Sentinel or any of this nonsense. He makes zero money doing it because he loves it and has a massive passion for it. He throws all his work on an Excel spreadsheet that's free for anybody to walk in and look at. All his work, all his research, everything is right there for free just because he wants to do it. And I'm supposed to respect you because you have a blue check mark. And you regurgitate information in three paragraphs? I don't care. And now because your your organization is not making money anymore because we found out literally anybody can do your job because it's that easy, now you have to go out and make a mockery of yourself by creating clickbait and I'm supposed to still respect you and you get Evan Silva coming over here and white knighting saying, how dare you say such things about respected reporters? Forget you, Evan. Get a life. Nobody cares. Say intelligent things for once, and maybe people will take you, for, take you seriously. Evan Silva has been going on a tirade against the Green Bay Packers community, essentially because, and, and here's the hilarious thing, and this is what I retweeted him saying, because he's saying it's Packers, um, th this is their culture now, to attack respected journalists. Yes, it is, because you bunch of morons keep writing clickbait that doesn't come true. That's the point. You said for a year that Aaron Rodgers was unmanageable, that, that this locker room is a cancer, that that guy can't be managed, he can't be coached. And how dare the Green Bay Packers fans disrespect people like Tyler Dunn, who have done their research, who are respected journalists, who have lots of followers on Twitter and a blue check mark. How dare you question them? You're a bunch of hacks. You're a bunch of low-life redneck hicks who just want to attack respected journalists because we are the knowers and you guys don't know how to just sit back, shut your mouth, and do what you're told. You don't know how to just sit there and listen and absorb the information and just take it. Because everything I say becomes reality. Well, guess what? 
Aaron Rodgers was fine. There was no conflict. The locker room was great. The players love Rodgers, including ex-players, but also current players. Everybody loves Aaron Rodgers. Matt LaFleur loves Aaron Rodgers. They got along great, and the Packers won 13 games. And rather than shutting your mouth, Evan Silva, and saying, you know what, maybe we better not go down that path again, I'm not even asking for an apology and saying, guess what, we're a bunch of hacks and we don't know what we're talking about. I'm not asking for that. I'm asking you to not come around one year later and say, how dare you question us again? He's literally defending Bob McGinn. Some, in this long line of, of tweets and all this stuff, somebody, Sean, on Twitter, says, McGinn wrote an article with a fake tweet as a reference. Literally. The, the biggest joke on Twitter. The, the guy just does nothing but troll and say ridiculous things. I'm not going to say his name because it's inappropriate, but you know who I'm talking about. Barry is his first name. His last name is Irish. There you go. Sean says, McGinn wrote an article with a fake tweet as a reference. He deserves all the pushback he gets. Of course that's true. And all the more reason because you spent 40 years in the industry. I don't know what you did in the past, and I don't care, nor should I care. All I care about is what you're doing today. And if you do something dumb today, you're dumb for today. You've been 40 years in this industry. Great. You should have a lot to offer. And you're literally telling me you're at the point in your career where you're plucking random nonsense off of Twitter and writing whole articles about it? You've given up, bud. But here comes Evan Silva. He responds, incorrect, which, first of all, that is correct. But he says, no one fake tweet-based article, which is hilarious. He acknowledges that that's what it is. No one fake tweet-based article can undo 40 years of being the sharpest. But you, oh, again, again, some people maybe didn't like my comment about these writers being a little bit more on the artistic side and not the logical side. This is completely illogical. Nothing he's saying makes sense. But to him, he thinks he's brilliant which is part of the problem. He's got a blue check mark, thinks he's a genius. This doesn't make any sense. So because so 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 this is like tenure. This is this is uh this is union-based mentality. If you put in 40 years, you're allowed to say whatever you want. We're just supposed to shut our mouth and respect it. This is the emperor has no clothes, right? I've told you already. I will always be that little boy every single time. That is exactly who I am. I will never ever ever stand there and say anything other than, dude, that guy's got no pants on. That, that's just that's just who I am. That's how everybody should be. Why would you stand around there and go, wow, what a great robe you got there, sir? Dude, guy's got no pants. Put some pants on. There's kids here. I'm a kid. And technically in the story. But that's what's happening here. And just the way he phrased it. It's like he tried to take the sting out of it. But not one fake tweet-based article can undo 40 years of being one of the sharpest sports reporters on the planet. Great. So give him credit for, four, well, you know, 35-ish years of being really good at your job. But can we at least say the guy's a joke now? And again, I don't know. Maybe he is a good reporter. I, I tend to not click on any of his articles on The Athletic because they don't seem interesting. Usually the ones I read are by national guys, That some of them are local. Nothing against Matt Schneidman. He does a good job. But it just kind of feels, well, never mind. I'm not going down that road. But it sounds like we've gotten to a point where he's now getting work. And again, we, we live in a, a community that is just anybody can say anything at any time. There's a billion podcasts. There's a billion writers and bloggers. And people just on Twitter, that, that's all they have is, is Twitter as their platform. And they have a massive platform. And there are people that give incredible insights that are, that are quote-unquote nobodies. In this giant community, because the journalism community is, is relatively small and it's an exclusive club which apparently McGinn is, has tried very hard to protect. I don't know the backstory, but I believe there's some kind of a story about him trying to keep 
Aaron Nagler out because he's just a blogger. He's a little blogger. And now again, you get Evan Silva, who's one of these white knight heroes to come in and protect the community. Because again, this is all Evan Silva has. This is Some of these guys, this is all they have. They've spent their lives trying to become in this exclusive club. And if everybody sees that this club means nothing and it provides no value and it's kind of a joke because they're just guys talking about things, which is what literally any human being on earth can do. If everybody sees through the baloney and can see that they actually don't provide any extra value they're just saying words that anybody could say providing opinions that anybody could have then the whole thing falls apart and you're not special anymore which by the way is probably why you're starting to see more of these positions filled by ex-football players because they actually have insights and it's hard to find people that can actually provide more than just journalists Because journalists are just people that write well. And to be completely honest, especially in today's world of quick, 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 your ability to write basic information that I already figured out a half hour ago on Twitter in beautiful words that are going to take me five minutes to get through all of this stuff is a waste of my time. Which is, again, why all of these places are turning to clickbait. Because nobody cares how beautifully you write words. Go write a book of poetry and see who buys it. Nobody cares. I want information. Once I get the information, provide some some in-depth details. For example, if you come out and say you've studied the tape, tell me what you saw on tape. By the way, look at YouTube. Film breakdown guys are the guys that are getting all the love because they provide extra value, even if they don't exactly know what they're talking about. But but again, it's, it's, it's directly correlating to the more value they can provide. Brett Coleman does such a great job, and he clearly has a lot of knowledge and has studied a lot of this. That's why he gets so much more than some of the other guys that try to do film breakdowns but don't even know the terminology, myself included. What do you actually... You actually that's the problem. You actually have to provide value to people if you want to make money in today's world, and journalists do not. They don't provide extra value. They write out the words that we already know, but they take five paragraphs to do it. That's not interesting. That doesn't provide me any value. Why would I waste my time reading the words? Why would you take four sentences of information, drag it out into five paragraphs? Why am I going to read that? I don't care. And so they turn to this nonsense, and you've got Bob McGinn writing articles about garbage. That's embarrassing, and he's protecting it. Then Evan, Evan Silva follows up and he says, I speak up when folks are being attacked, when folks are attacking respected journalists. First of all, calm down, Nancy. Attacking. Grow up. People are calling out Bob McGinn on his garbage. But again, that's, that's literally what he's doing. He's white knighting. He's protecting respected journalists because this is my community. These are my people. Dude, just go in your corner and write your stories. And I don't, I, again, I have no idea who Evan Silva is. I don't care. Maybe he's a brilliant guy who does some great work. Great. You provide value. Bob McGinn does not. Stop defending him. But that's what they all feel like they have to do. They have to protect journalism. We must protect it. And listen, if you're a journalist, quote-unquote, whatever that even means, I'm not trying to attack you. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm pleading with you. If you actually think you're going to make money, it's not going to be because of how they teach you how to write and how beautifully you write because literally zero people care. Take that ability, which does have some value, but if it's not wrapped around actual value it's useless if you can, if you can take really valuable information and give that to people and also add in a layer of whatever it is you're learning in school that's going to make it all the better it might help you stand out but it's going to be the actual value you provide to people the actual extra information extra insight or or different perspective that maybe other people didn't see or think about that's what's going to make the difference 
if you're ripping off tweets that are garbage, you're going to get called out on it. And again, Silva goes on and starts talking about how that's the culture with Packers fans. Yes, it is. Because the media has made themselves the enemy to some people. And again, I'm telling people to back off a little bit. Don't just attack people simply because they're writers. Don't just attack them because of something else they did in the past. Same thing. If, if it, it could be 20 years of garbage journalism. And, and granted, that carries with it some weight. But if somebody who's been terrible for 20 years comes out and says something that's actually thoughtful, I'm still going to listen to it. I don't care what he's done. I just care about the ideas. I care about the information. I, I couldn't care less how, who packaged it for me. When I open it up and look inside and it's a pile of dog mess, that's all it is. I don't care if it's packaged by Evan Silva or, or some or Bob McGinn or whoever packaged it for me. This is not a good gift. This is going in the garbage. And I'm probably going to give you a phone call. And I'm going to say, you do that again and I'm going to smack you. The analogy is getting away from me a little bit, but you get the point, right? You're, you're going to lash out a bit. Like, this, this, is, this is dog poop in a box, dude. You, you literally wrapped this. You took time. You did a good job, too. I mean, it's, it's wrapped nicely. Again, the whole journalism thing. This is wrapped beautifully. Three pieces of tape. I mean, well done. It's got a bow on it. It's kind of obnoxious with the bow because I want to just open it, but I can't. i got to find scissors now. But it looks beautiful. But it's still a box of dog poop, dude. And I'm going to call you out on that. But that's, that's the world we live in today. And I tell you what, I think it's beautiful. And guys like Evan Silva hate it. They hate the world we live in now. Bob McGinn hates the world we live in now. They loved it back in the day when you needed to be in the industry to hold the keys. I hold the keys to the information. And you can't take it away from me. And I'm going to keep people out. That's not the world we live in today. The world we live in today, you're reevaluated and evaluated and reevaluated every single day. And there's hundreds of people who are coming up trying to take your job from you. And he hates it because he believes he has some kind of power. He has nothing. You might be asking, well, what makes you so special? Nothing. That's the point. You don't get into a, you don't have a podcast because you have a degree from a school. That's why I'm also not worried. You know, sometimes people start podcasts and they're football players or they're, you know, really respected people on Twitter or whatever. The bottom line is people, everybody will flood to that podcast, but after a while, people are only going to give you their time if they get something in return. And if you can't provide value, people aren't going to listen. I love this environment. I, I, I love that every single day I know that if I have a garbage podcast, I'm going to start falling apart. If I suddenly kick my feet up and don't care anymore and start getting all clickbaity, and, and although I do try to get clickbaity because it's funny, but if I get legitimately clickbaity where I give you an art or a, a title that sounds enticing and I just sit here and snore into my microphone, guess what? I don't have a podcast anymore. Every day I'm being evaluated. Every day somebody's starting a Packers podcast trying to take what I have. I love that. You come for me, I'm coming for so-and-so up there. That's all it is, just a dogfight. I love it. You Please tell me I'm nothing special. Great, start a podcast. Take my job from me. Take this from me. Do it. That's the world I live in. That's the world we live in. Bloggers, all these people, they're just starting from the ground up. They're working their way up to try to build something, to try to take something. You want something, you got to carve it out for yourself. I don't give a crap who you work for or how many years you've been writing cute articles. I don't care. If you're worthless to me today, you go away. Dog eat dog is the way that it is. Deal with it. The old ways are gone. The days of the newspaper where you are the gatekeepers to all information are over with. Learn to provide value to people if you want to keep your job. Well, it's a travesty that the newspaper industry is, is not... We need to prop it up. No, you don't. For what? For who? Why do we need to prop it up? People will give you money if you give them a reason to give you money. That's how it works. 
You, you, rather than learning how to provide value to people, you just want to try to prop up your industry? No, provide value. And you can see guys, are, are they're not even trying anymore. Some of these old guard guys, they don't know how, and that's how they're getting into clickbait. They don't know how to provide value. And so you get Tom Silverstein writing an article about how it kind of makes sense for Aaron Rodgers to go to the Bears. He's going to make money doing that because he doesn't actually know how to provide value to you, so he provides clickbait. He doesn't know what he's doing in this world we live in. And a lot of the old guard don't know how to survive in today's environment. And they're floundering. And they're trying to flaunt their, their, their uh, you know, journalism bona fides. And the problem is nobody cares anymore. And Packer fans were, were given a real good demonstration of how useless all of this is. A year of clickbait. A year of trying to force something down our throats that didn't come true. And you're going to try to circle back around and do it again and you think there's not going to be pushback? No, there's going to be pushback. You want to come in and provide value and context, that's fine. And again, don't attack people just because they're journalists. That's not what I'm trying to do here. If somebody, if Tom Silverstein or Evan Silva or Bob McGinn comes out with a thoughtful piece of information, that's fine. But again, each individual thing you say is evaluated based on what it is. That's how this works in today's world. That's how it should work. You, you prevent, present something to the group. You say, here's what I've thought of. Here's what I've come up with. Here's what I've researched. We look at it. If it's good, great. Thank you for that. If it's garbage, you don't get to step up and say, how dare you? I am Evan Silva. Who does he even work for? I have no idea who Evan Silva is. I Google it. It just comes up with Establish the Run. Is that his website or what? Co-founder of Establish the Run. That's what his Twitter says. So, okay. I know he did something else in the past. I've heard his name, but he apparently started his own venture. But again, here's the thing. Establish the Run, whatever it is. I'm opening it up now. It's going to work because of the value he provides. If he provides value to people, he's going to make money with this website. If he doesn't, nobody cares that it's Evan Silva's website. And so if he's being successful, great. And I'm not trying to say he's no good at what he's doing. Again, let's try to stay focused and think about this logically. Let's not go off on tangents. All I'm saying is stop protecting people just because of who they are. If you're going to come out and lie and just try to create drama because it's going to make you money, fine, do it. But exactly as Brady Papinga said, if you're going to come out and start twisting things and starting controversy, guess what? You don't get to cry about it when it comes back in your face. But these media members, as Papinga said, and he's correct in this, are some of the most sensitive people in the world. They can't handle it when the story gets away from them. And guess what? That's, again, what today is about. You don't get to control the narrative. This isn't like the newspaper days where it goes into somebody's house and you don't get to hear everybody else's opinion. So when you think, I don't, this doesn't make sense and I don't like it, you have no idea whether everybody agrees with you or disagrees with you. You're by yourself in your house. You assume you're by yourself. You, I mean, in your thoughts, I mean. Everybody else must agree except me. You get on Twitter now, you get to see everybody disagrees with you. And even people that think that you're some kind of an authority, you got an entire community saying, oh, by the way, this guy's a joke. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a hack. And then they go, oh, okay. And then it drives them nuts. Like, no, don't listen to them. Listen to me. I'm the authority here. They can't handle it. So all I'm saying to you as an individual, don't judge people based on who they are in the positive or the negative. Just judge information. That's all that matters. When I get information, I look at information and that's it. If Bob McGinn has information, I'm going to read his articles. I'm not, I'm not in this to say Bob McGinn's a joke and I'll never listen to him. But he's got 40 years of insight. I'm sure there's something in that brain of his that can teach me a lot. And I don't mind sifting through it. And if it gets to the point where he never provides anything, I'll just stop reading his stuff. Because it's, it's, it's a cost-benefit analysis. It's wasting my time. If, if Tom Silverstein's articles, which I've stopped clicking on those a long time ago because it keeps saying your trial is up, even though I literally hardly ever click on them. Like once a month, I'll be like, all right, let's click on it. It's like, sorry, you're three free articles. It's like, dude, are you kidding me? 
The last time I clicked on one was probably January, but whatever, fine. You're not getting my... I'm not paying for this. That's the other thing. The Athletic makes you pay, but they actually provide some quality. And I, you know, I know I did that ad read. That wasn't me just lying. I was being serious about that. There's some pretty good stuff in there, and there's people that do... And again, there are people who have insights. There are podcasts that I love because these are guys that have been with GMs, and they... I mean, Vic Ketchman. I, I, when I used to read his column, he provided a lot of good insights because he's been in the industry for a long time. He provided some context that was kind of what I want is for somebody to kind of change the way my mind thinks about things. And, th- and he did that. He provided me with that like, oh, yeah, a, I never thought of that. That's a good way to think about things. Or, or I didn't know that that's how that worked or, you know, insights into how, you know, because he's been doing this for a long time, similar to McGinn. There's a lot of, of ways of thinking about things that are that are valuable inside his mind. And I'm sure that's true with Tom Silverstein as well. But again, you start coming out with articles like this that are clearly clickbait. I'm just going to roll my eye. And I don't care what your name is. When you're providing less insights and quality than just some rando on Twitter that I've never heard of before who's coming out with stuff that kind of makes sense or people in the Facebook group or say stuff that's like, wow, I never thought of that. There's so much quality content and information all over the place that's so easy to find. When you're supposed to be the top of the top and all you can do to make money is clickbait and that's all you want to pop out to everybody, you are the bottom of the totem pole. I'm sorry to tell you that. You are the lowest of the low. Nobody cares about your credentials out here anymore. Those days are over. Find a way to provide quality. If you want to start a podcast, if you want to start a blog, if you want to start whatever, find a way to provide what people need. That's it. That's how it should be in every industry. There are still a couple protected industries, and I think that's garbage. I remember when I went to school, there were uh, computer classes I had to take. It's not really my direct job right now, but I had to take some computer classes. There were students who knew more than the teacher. These guys shouldn't need a degree. Especially from this garbage two-year school I'm going to. People are going to look at his credentials and go, Oh, two-year degree. Technical school. Guy's a genius. This guy sitting next to me right now is a genius. I I partnered with him every chance I could because I had no intention of doing that much work and I wanted him to just do the work for me and that's kind of how it panned out. Terrible student. I'll acknowledge it. I hated school with a passion. Just give me a job so I can start making some money and doing things. School is just the worst. But anyways, there are people that just... They can provide quality. They can do a lot for people today. They don't need a piece of paper. Just give them a chance. And that's what's great about where we are now with sports. Anybody with that level of ability, and I'm not saying I even have that level of ability. I'm, you know, point is, if you have it, you can go out and you can, you can earn a living. You can get an audience. You can make this work. Go do it. I'm telling you to go do it. Don't be intimidated by the Bob McGinn's of the world. I'll never be... So what? You don't need to be anymore. You don't need to start a newspaper. You don't need to have a journalism degree. Nobody cares. Just grind. When I started this podcast, I said one year. I'm going to do one full year. I'm going to do... I didn't do every day at the time. But I said I'm going to do a full year with zero expectations of any audience, any money, any anything. One year. And that was my standard. I actually set that when I started before the podcast writing. I said for I'm going to do a blog for a year. And, and see just what happens with no expectations. And after one year, if I decide not to do this anymore, then I won't do it anymore. But for one year, I'm committed. Within a matter of six months, I had this podcast. Because I just, I just pushed really, really hard. And it went to my blog, to writing for other organizations. That opened up windows with Packernet. I actually reached out to one of the owners of Packernet. And I asked if he wanted to partner with my blog, you know. Which, of course, everybody said no. Most people didn't answer. Which is the way it is even now. Of, of all the people I reach out to, everybody kind of, for the most part, not naming names, but they have this sort of elitist attitude. Ugh, I won't talk to you. Which is annoying, but it whatever. That's not how I am. I don't understand how people get that way, but whatever. But 
one of the people that did respond was uh, Kevin from Packernet. And he said, look, uh, I don't really want to partner, but I do have this other Packers website because I reached out to his Browns website. And he's like, I really like what you're writing. Again, provide value. He said, how would you like to come write for us? We already got a pretty big audience. So that's what I did. And then that turned into the podcast because I realized that I was writing things that would take, I mean, I I would set out to write an article and the article would get to like 5,000 words and I would realize, you know what? I should probably break this up into segments. And I would do, that would, you know, each segment, you know, break down each position. And then those would turn into three, four, five thousand word things per, and it was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm too long-winded to write articles. I'm going to start a podcast. And that's how I got here. But again, the goal is, I believe I have value to provide. Let's just see if people want to listen. If I talk, will they listen? That's, that's the only goal I set out to do. And again, because of what I do, I have to do this every day. And some episodes, obviously, are better than others. I don't know where this is going to land. I usually don't find out until afterward when people either tell me that was not your best or that was really good. It doesn't matter. But over the course of weeks and months, if I'm not providing value, you don't listen to me anymore. And that same standard should be given to Evan Silva, Bob McGinn, Tom Silverstein. And the bottom line is I'm just not going to tolerate the white knighting baloney. I'm not going to tolerate that. How dare you? No, how dare you? Get out of my face with your pearl-clutching nonsense. It's a culture here for a reason. Because you come in here every time knowing you can make the most money here. And you're stepping on the face as a Packer fan. You're stepping on our team. You're stepping with your muddy boots all over our locker room, all over Aaron Rodgers all over Jordan Love, all over Matt LaFleur. By the way, Matt LaFleur in his first year took this team to 13-3 and and was one game away from the Super Bowl. There has never been a less less respected coach than Matt LaFleur. He has never gotten the respect that he deserves, ever. We already know Aaron Rodgers doesn't get the respect he deserves. All of a sudden, as soon as this drama started, he's, he's a joke now, which is, which is ridiculous. But, but let's talk about Matt LaFleur for a minute. People still view Matt LaFleur as a Sean McVay wannabe. That was the narrative when he came in, and he showed everybody that that's not true. He showed everybody what kind of a coach he was. He transformed this locker room. He spit in everybody's face that said that Aaron Rodgers couldn't be coached. He won 13 games despite all the flaws and the fact that this offense wasn't fully operating the way it needed to. He took this game to the NFC Championship and nearly got this team to the Super Bowl in his first year. That is literally a historic run by a first-year head coach from a team that didn't even get to 8-8 eight and eight the year before. Literally historic. I've done the research myself. Go find me three coaches that have done the same thing. You won't be able to do it. And he's mocked and ridiculed, including sometimes by Packer fans now who are, who are upset that he's trying to push our team in a certain direction. But he gets no respect. This team, it, it's, it's inc- we've got Aaron Rodgers. We've got Matt LaFleur. We went 13-3. and We're in the NFC Championship game, and everybody's acting like this team is the Detroit Lions. They're acting like this is the Cleveland Browns. It's, 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 the, the Packers have become a joke. And I can't wait. I, cannot, I, I want the season to start today. And I want the Green Bay Packers to literally hurt every team that they come across. I don't want them to just beat teams. I want them to embarrass teams. I want them to embarrass teams so bad Evan Silva goes and crawls in a hole somewhere. With so much shame and guilt, he can't find it in his soul to come out. He doesn't have the courage to come out. Because this is becoming a tradition. No matter what the Packers do, the media comes over here with their muddy boots and starts stomping all over because they want to make money. Because it's a money maker. Because the, the, the rest of the NFL, the fan base is not Green Bay Packer fans, love this drama. Because the Packers at some point became the Patriot. It's the cool thing to say Aaron Rodgers is washed up. It's the cool thing to say the Packers are in the decline. It's a cool thing to talk about how he's just a, this drama-ridden 
pampered baby who is in, in, in decline, and these Packer fans are just a bunch of sensitive little little soft Nancys. And we're going to go over there and poke them. And yeah, guess what? We fight back. Get over it. And you know who else fights back? The Green Bay Packers fight back. And they're going to do it again this year. So yeah, you come over here with your garbage, and guess what? We are going to embarrass you. And then later on in the year, the Green Bay Packers are going to come in, and they're going to do it too. You keep coming, we're going to keep coming. The difference is we win and you lose. You come over here talking about Aaron Rodgers and this isn't going to work out and Matt LaFleur is some some throwaway Sean McVay wannabe. He's no good. Aaron Rodgers is uncoachable. This team is in decline. They're, they're done for. Won the division. 13-3 and NFC Championship. Now, there's still no apologies. There's still no retractions. But that's fine. Don't issue any apologies. But guess what? You come back over here swinging, you're going to get swung back on. And I hope you're ready to lose again. Mr. Bob McGinn is over here just losing it. He's, he's, he's off the reservation. Tom Silverstein is way into this clickbaity. That, that's, he's just gone now. He's off into La La Land. And Evan Silva's fighting and scraping. for, for it's, it's, it's a death roll. That's what we're seeing. This is a last gasp from a dying industry. They can feel the death rattle under their feet. And they're just, they're just swinging wildly trying to keep this thing afloat. It's not going to work. This isn't the way things work anymore. And again, if, you, if this, this is what you want to do, fine. Come over here and get your clickbait. Your feelings are going to get hurt over here. I just want you to know that. And granted, some Packer fans do take it too far. Poor Rob Domofsky. He got caught in the crossfire. Sorry about that, Rob. Again, I don't know his track record. Maybe he's one of them. Maybe he's just as bad. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't remember. I'm sure I've seen a lot that he's done. Actually, you know what? I do have a problem with Rob Domofsky. I, I had a specific article aimed at Rob Domofsky. That was when he went after Jimmy Graham. That was that was extremely infuriating. He went after Jimmy Graham, who does not do locker room interview, pushed him on doing an interview, and then essentially threatened him for not doing an interview. So again, he, he's got that old guard mentality of, you will do what you say. You, you will do what I say. Or I will tattle on you. But whatever. Again, reassessing thing. I know he's one of those types of people who thinks he's bigger than, better than, whatever. He's a, We also know he's somewhat sensitive, as Brady Papinga correctly pointed out. But in this case, everybody that went after him, which I didn't read any comments about people going after him, but apparently some did, this was probably one of those times that we probably should have backed off a bit. I say we, by the way, but I, I didn't go after him. But yeah, yes, Evan, there is a culture here of fighting back against the media, and you guys created that. You guys created that when you went after Aaron Rodgers and this team and tried to make it a joke. You tried to create a controversy to make money because you turned this into a soap opera. The NFL now is a soap opera, and the soap opera is what makes you money. And you saw blood in the water. When you when Tyler Dunn came out with that um, gossip column hit piece, you all saw blood in the water, circled the wagons, and ran with that story. You were all proven wrong, but again, you don't care about that. You're not going to retract that. You're not going to actually have the, the guts, the integrity to come out and say, look, we were wrong. Of course not. Instead, you're going to come back over here and pick another fight. Fine. By all means, come pick a fight. We're getting good at this. We've, we've been waiting for you. And you're going to get swung on. That's just the way it goes. Again, you want to provide quality, please do. Give me some insights. There have been a lot of things that I've put forward, sort of not what Packer fans want to hear. And again, I've defended a lot of things that have been said. My entire, if, you, if you think that I'm taking it too far in this episode, go back just a couple days ago. Listen to my episode entitled, Stop Pretending This Isn't News. And it's entirely in the opposite direction, talking about fans that take stuff too far. We just want to swing and attack everybody who comes with any information about, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers' time is done or whatever. It sounds dramatic. And we just want to attack everything that people say. You don't have to do that. Take the present. Unwrap it. 
open it up, look what's inside, find out if it has any value to it. I think there's some things that are worth value. I think some people are bringing us some stuff that we should actually look at. But if it's a box of of dog poo, you have my permission to pick it up and smear it back in the person's face. Okay? Does that sound like a fair standard? I feel like it's very straightforward. But again, I'm not going to tolerate the white knighting. I'm, I'm done with it. I'm over it. Provide value or go away. If you, if you have an industry that is making money off of clickbait but not actually providing value, I don't care if your industry dies. I'm very sorry to say that. I have no remorse for that. I've said on the show before, I am proudly a greedy capitalist pig. That's what I am. But part of this game is that if you want to get something out of this, you got to give something. And if you don't, you die. Your podcast, your blog, your website, whatever you own. If you're not giving people things that they actually like, you deserve to die. I don't mean you as a human being. I mean your industry. The, the, the money-making machine that you have deserves to just die where it stands. And if you're defending that, you're a joke and you're a fraud and you're a hack. You're defending clickbait. You're defending people that provide nothing. They're leeches leeching off the people, trying to still create an income while providing nothing to anyone, as if this is a pension program. No, 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 no. We, we need to keep giving them money despite them not doing anything for us anymore. Sorry, doesn't work that way. If you don't want to do this anymore, Bob, if you don't want to write anymore, if you don't want to actually take this seriously, if you don't actually care about this anymore, retire. If you care that little about things that you're going to rip off Barry the Irishman and write a whole article on it, really, I'm serious, reevaluate what you're doing. Take, take what you've earned, take the accolades, because you don't want it to end this way, right? 40 years of respected service to people, providing great quality to people that don't have it, doing a fantastic job, earning every single penny you've ever made. You don't want it to end like this, do you? A mockery? A joke? Don't let it end that way. Make a decision today. By the way, I had a moment like this. I was starting to get lazy because this is just easy for me, right? Oh, I just, I'm so good at this. I just come down and say whatever people will listen. And I got a negative review. And everything they said was true. And it cut me pretty deep. And I changed a lot of what I was doing. I made a lot of changes to try to make this podcast better. Because I realized everything they said, as much as I was furious when I first read it, was 100% true. And I had to reevaluate what I was doing. I cannot simply just come down here, flip on the microphone, just start rambling into the microphone. And expect people to stick around for that. Because that's not how this works. And so I had to dig. I had to work. Because, you know... At the end of the day, getting up at 3 in the morning is impressive, but that's not enough for people to stick around. I think Bob needs to have one of those moments, and I think the media in general needs to have one of those moments. We need to come together and say either we provide value or we go away. (sighs) Anyways, I hope that this was somewhat interesting to you. I don't know. If you're not involved in the arguments on Twitter, this has been a waste of your time, and I apologize. But I'm, I'm just, I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired of them bringing their muddy boots around and trampling all over the Green Bay Packers all the time. And again, there are people who are bringing actual information that is worth listening to. I've gone so far as saying it's not impossible. I mean, again, before my art, or was it after? the the So two days ago, I said, stop pretending this isn't news. The day before that, I said, Rogers will be evaluated in 2020. That's looking at information in my mind that is pointing to the fact that it's possible, as I've said, that they're, they evaluated him last year and said this isn't exactly what we want. They're going to reevaluate him this year to see if, if he's making proper changes. Right? This, this is all information, and it's not what Packer fans want to hear. They don't like this kind of stuff, but I'm still going to say it. 
This isn't just us versus them. This is right versus wrong. This is correct versus incorrect. I don't care who you are, what industry you're in. I'm talking about, I'm trying to put together a puzzle, and you're either going to give me a correct piece, and you're going to help me put this puzzle together, or you're going to come in and just start trampling all over my pieces. Help me or get out of my way. I, I, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a Bears reporter and hate the Packers. If you provide an argument of why Aaron Rodgers isn't a good quarterback anymore, and it makes sense, I'm going to listen. I'm not going to like it, but I will listen. And it's not just me laying out who I am as a person. It's how we should all be thinking about things. And I want to try to get everybody up to that standard. If Bob McGinn comes out with an article that is very thoughtful and thought-provoking, read it, take it in. Don't just write a comment right away saying, you're a hack. Don't do that. See what it says. Or don't. If, he's, if you've lost all respect, fine, don't read his articles anymore. But I'm saying just don't jump to conclusions about him being a hack. On the flip side, don't defend people just because of what they've done in the past. Open the box and see what's in the box. I don't care who wrapped it or how well it's wrapped. Again, one of the things I got slapped for yesterday was beating a point to death, and I think that's what I'm doing right now. But I'm coming down off of a bit of an adrenaline rush, so I'm just trying to burn it off before I go back upstairs. And I really, I don't think I have anything. I think I've made my point. It's also good for me to burn it off, because if I don't completely burn this off, I'm going to talk about it again tomorrow, and I want to be done with this today. Tomorrow, I want to move on. And I'm, I'm, I'm honestly getting tired of this. There's a lot I want to talk about. There's something I've been wanting to talk about for two days. I just asked for help, and I've got like eight people that are working very, very hard, providing some great stuff that they're, they're writing me some notes, some in-depth stuff, and I've barely even scratched the surface. I need to start ripping through some of this stuff. But I just, I can't let stuff like that lie. And I am fortunate enough to have a platform to where I can scream this out loud and um, hopefully at the same time provide a little bit of value to you. I hope, I hope you guys understand where I'm coming from and feel similarly to how I feel. And this was somewhat cathartic. You know where I learned the word cathartic? It's a movie called American Movie. I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast or not, but it's the weekend. If you're looking for something to do, go find the movie called American Movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. Anyways, I'll leave you with that little nugget. I'm going to get out of here. Um, probably talk to you tomorrow. I've been taking the weekends off. I don't think I'm going to do that because we got such a big backlog. Um, i got to kind of power through seven days a week to get through some of this stuff. And again, because there's a lot of stuff that people are working very hard on, I want to make sure that I respect their time and talk about some of the stuff that they found. So you folks have yourselves a fantastic Saturday. Hopefully I didn't put you in a bad mood on your weekend. But, um, you know, again, let's 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 hold the media to a high standard. You want to come in and talk about the team? Fine, but but tread lightly because you guys are uh, you guys are over so far. You're winless on this whole Rogers drama stuff. So there's going to be a little bit of skepticism. All right. I'm, I promise I'm done now. I'm done now. I'm, I'm leaving. You folks have yourselves a great day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye bye.